Hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. It's Christy Dole. You're listening to When Hustle Meets Flow, the podcast. And you guys are catching me right after an amazing call with one of my clients, which has really sparked the uh, inspiration for this podcast. So guys, today we're going to talk about self-love as it relates to your physical body. So let me dive in. Um, self-love as I define it is really loving yourself from the inside out. Now I have learned that there are layers to this inside out theory that I'm talking about. And I've talked about this on past podcasts, but really the innermost layer of ourselves is our identity. It's like who we are, right? And then our identity informs our beliefs. Because of who we are, we believe this. Our beliefs then inform our values, right? Because we believe in this, we value that. Our values then indicate to us what our actions are each day. So because we value X, Y, and Z, each day we do ABC, right? And then lastly, that last layer to kind of who you are and making change and identifying pieces of you is really your environment. So this is kind of what you see in your, what you see, right? In your day-to-day life, what's in your actual physical home, what's actually in your physical life, it's in your environment, right? So let's use an example of someone who values health. Right. So someone who values health, that that would be me. <laughs> I value health um, over, you know, looking a certain way. But either way, I value health. That is something that I've always has been. I'm always grateful for my health. I'm healthy. I see myself as healthy. My identity is that I am healthy. So because I'm healthy, I hold certain beliefs. Um I sh- let me think of a belief that we can use as an example. So I, because I am healthy, I believe that, you know, feeding my body good food is going to keep it healthy, right? So because I believe that, I now value spending money on food that is going to nourish my body. So I might spend more money on organic food. I might you know, uh, go to specialty stores to pick up different products, like whatever the case may be, which then really goes into our actions, right? So because I value um, healthy food, now I'm going to go shopping and I'm going to go and, you know, look up recipes. And those are the actions that I take. And then my environment is the food that you're going to find in my house, right? If you come into my house, You're not going to find any sugary cereals or any, um, you know, I don't know, chocolate or or like fruit roll-ups or twink or twinks, Twinkies or cupcakes. I mean, yes, I have cookies and things like that, but um, you're not going to find that stuff. You're going to find more fruits and vegetables and things like that in my in, in my environment. Okay, so that's like an example of kind of how that works. Now. We're going to put that off to the side for a moment, just so you understand this idea of identity, belief, value, action, environment, right? They all inform each other. So to love thyself, to really love your physical body, the first thing that most people do is they look at the environment, which in this case is your actual physical body. 
So they'll look at themselves in the mirror and think, oh, you know, I don't, I, I look fat or, oh, look at that roll or I have cellulite or, you know, I can't wear a crop top or whatever. That's the environment. So what I want to talk about is self-love from the inside out, self-love from that identity piece, which then will work it way, its way out to the environment versus if we work on self-love from the outside in, so we work on loving our physical self the way it looks in a mirror, the way it looks in clothes, we're really setting ourselves up for disappointment because that's the band-aid. If you're just going to put a band-aid on how you look, that's not going to that's not going to heal and therefore transcend and therefore allow the self-love that you're going to cultivate for your for your physical body. It's not going to permeate into all parts of your life. And I've said this before, this is a Rachel Hollis quote, which I'm sure she got this from someone, but when you when the tide comes in, all the ships rise. Meaning when you work on yourself in one part of your life, every part of your life enhances, not just that one part. So if we were to look at loving at self-love, if we were to look at it through the lens of simply loving how we look on the outside, we're missing a huge piece of cultivating real self-love from the inside out that will then permeate into all parts of our lives, that will then rise the other ships up with us. So let's really dive into that. Um, And before we do that, I want to give you guys a little bit of a history lesson because we have to understand if I am the type of person that always questions why things are the way they are. You know, why do we think women with, you know, no fat on their body and no cellulite, like why do we actually think that that's beautiful? And do we, right? Do do we actually think that that's beautiful or have we been conditioned to think that? So in part of the self-love course that I teach, um, I have a module all on the physical body And I go into a little bit of history around sort of how and why this idea of skinny in America is beautiful. Because beautiful, I mean, this has been studied, but beauty truly is in the eye of the beholder. And if you globally, they've studied that beauty in, you know, Asia, it looks very different than beauty in Australia. And beauty in Italy looks very different than beauty in Indonesia, right? So it's really based on where you grew up, who were you surrounded with, what those messages have been. Here in America, here's the deal, guys. In America, thin, hairless, and flawless female bodies have been idolized, but it wasn't always that way, okay? It just wasn't. So if you do a little digging, you'll find out that before the 1800s, in America, so this was in the 1700s and before, in America, weight on women was actually seen as healthy and and vital. Like they had, they were healthy and they had vitality. Um, and when I say weight on women, I don't just mean a little bit of weight. I mean these women probably were looking like they were sizes 14, 16, 18. Right? That was seen as beautiful back then. So what happened? What changed? Well, here we go. 
It was around the 1840s when a Presbyterian minister began advocating a very plain abstinent diet for women as the key to health and morality. So this Presbyterian minister, his name was Sylvester Graham, he began talking about for women to be pure and to be moral and all that, to, to be well seen well in the eyes of God. And you have to remember back then, the God that they were talking about was a very you know angry and mean God that would punish you and you had to be perfect and we were born sinners and all this stuff, right? That's that's what they were believing back then. And and still today there's there's people that believe that about God, but that's for another podcast. Um this particular minister, he started telling women, especially the key to health and to be moral is to have a very plain abstinent diet, meaning not that much. Um, he would, he said that spices and stimulants would lead to indigestion and illness and civil disorder and sexual excess, which by the way, side note, the reason why, um, in America, we, we, um, it's so popular to circumcise our boys. And I know that there's a lot of, you know, I, I know the American Pediatrics Association, blah, blah, blah. I know what they say, but if you do the research there, again, it was, it was inspired by someone from a church um, said that if you were to remove the foreskin from a man's penis, that he's less likely to masturbate. Google that. Um, that's what really started the rage of circumcising men in America. And if you do the research globally, we're, we're the number one circumcisers in the world. And then the rest of the globe like barely does it. So again, another conversation for another day. But if you really do the research about why things are the way they are in this country, it always usually comes back to some, you know, crazy, uh, church person that was basically telling people, if you want to go to heaven and be with God, do this. Um, and then it just sticks, right? So back to back to this, this, this Presbyterian minister, he was saying that spices and overindulgences will lead to sexual excess and illness. Um, and then in the 1860s, there was something called the Banting Diet, and this was kind of like an Atkins diet. It became wildly popular. It was very protein heavy. Um, around the same time, um, this person, you know, he, he, his name was William Banting. He said that being fat was a physical disability and his teachings set the stage for a nationwide plunge into an anti-fat obsession. So again, they were likening being quote unquote fat to having a physical disability, to being unmoral, um, to not looking well in the eyes of God. And so by the end of the century, by the end of the 1800s, America had fallen headfirst into this battle against fat between 1890 and 1920 specifically. Um, the, idea, the ideal of an American body went from being plump and really um, curvy to, you know, basically wanting to be skinny. Um, and if you look at pictures from women models and actresses in the 1920s, they definitely started to have that more wafy kind of thin, um, you know, structure. So again, during this time, the industrial revolution happened, size awareness became more and more evident because 
instead of going to a seamstress to get your clothes made, now because of the industrial revolution, they were making sizes in mass production. So now more and more women were becoming aware of what size they were, right? Because instead of going to the seamstress and getting your dress made for you, now you were going to a store and you were looking at your sizes. And so this idea of, you know, oh, what size am I compared to her and so on and so forth became really, really big and apparent, okay? And around this time, the, the calorie was actually discovered. So in 1920s, dieting and counting calories really became the way of life. This moved on into you know the 50s and 60s, 70s and 80s, and marketing and advertising saw a way to capitalize on this. And the rest is history, you guys, okay? Do you understand that we have been told to be different than who we are. And it all started with, you know, some guy in a church telling you that to be closer to God, you needed to be thinner, right? Think about that. Think about that, that you were probably born sometime in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. I don't know how old you are, but someone that lived well over a hundred years before you were even born came up with this idea that the masses then took and now this is your standard for beauty. Now this is your standard for how to, for how one should look. And this has become your standard for how worthy you are. So all that being said, this really slowly kills our spirit and our self-love. Okay, guys? So that's just a little bit of history around why we think the way we think, why we think beauty is what it is. Now, all that being said, I still want my clients, I still want my community, I still want you to love the way you look. And I actually made a post about this the other day. Um, you know, I'm 39 years old. I just ran my first half marathon a few weeks ago. And I was the other day, like in the in my in my bedroom, and I looked, caught myself a glimpse in the mirror. And I really smiled and liked what I saw because I, I feel the strongest I ever have. And I'm 39. I've got two kids. My husband's like, hands down, you are in the best shape you've ever been in like since even before we had kids. Um, obviously, my body looks different because I've had children, but it's true. I mean, I've created stamina. And so being able to really look at yourself in the mirror and be pleased, I get it. It's It's a big thing. I know this. What I want to teach you guys is that you can start to love yourself from the inside out. And when you do that, this is the path that I went on, you guys. Like five years ago, I started back on my health journey. Two years ago is when I started to move my body every day for at least 30 minutes. And here we are today. So it really has to start with your identity, okay? Who are you when it comes to the health of your body? Okay. And if you're somebody who's been sick a lot, it's very easy to say, well, I am someone who's sick. But the truth is, you know, whether you believe this or not, I'm going to impart this belief I have, but we are all born perfect, truly. I mean, nothing is perfect except for who we are, because who we are is exactly what we were meant to be in this world. Who we are is who we chose to be. And if you are somebody that suffers from, from a physical ailment, my heart 
is for you. It truly is. But can you find a way to find a new identity, one that doesn't include your illness, one that doesn't include your weight, one that doesn't include what size you are? Can you come up with an identity about who you are as it relates to your health that is empowering, right? That's, That's one of the questions you want to ask yourself. And then you want to ask yourself, okay, so if this were true, if this identity were true, I am healthy. I am in love with the way I look. I am so pleased and grateful for this body that I have. I am strong, right? All of those statements are great. And whatever you come up with, again, it just needs to feel empowering. Then you want to ask yourself, so somebody that believes that about themselves, about their identity, what do they believe? Like, what do, believe, what do they believe about themselves? What do they believe about the world? What do they believe about um, the food that they eat, right? So maybe you're somebody who's always been on diets, okay? Maybe your new identity can be, I am, like, I am strong and my body is filled with wisdom, like, or my body knows exactly what it needs at every moment. If that was your new identity, your new belief would be not, oh, I need to try, I believe that a diet is going to make me feel happier. No, you would believe, I would, if I were in your shoes, I would believe that my body intuitively knows what it needs and that I just need to honor it. And if you believed that, what would you value? You would value your intuition. You would value those nudges you feel inside. You would value feeling good. You would value exercise because whether you're, you know, a size two or a size 20, whether you're healthy or unhealthy, I don't care who you are. Exercise is healthy. It's like water and oxygen. It's something that your body needs. Our, we're not meant to be stagnant and just sit around and do nothing all day. If you look at every single animal in this world, they are moving, right? With the exception of, um, you know, bears and hibernation and things like that, we're, they're always in, in motion and we are no different. So again, start with that identity. What, what can you start? What is an identity that you would like to embody that is true self-love around your physical body? True self-love has nothing to do with how you look. It has everything to do with how you feel, okay? What's that identity? What is the belief that somebody with that identity would have? What do you believe about yourself, about life, about everything, about how it all works, just everything? What are what are the values that you have because of those beliefs? What do you value? Because of those values, what, what actions do you take every day? What kind of actions does somebody who believes that they are what they are, values it, has the identity, what actions do they take, right? That person probably exercises. They also probably honor, you know, they're craving for a cookie here and there when they want. They might be somebody that um, listens to podcasts about health journeys. They might be someone that, um, you know, joins a gym or finds a mastermind group of women that are like them that are starting a health journey. Like what actions do, does this person take, right? And then lastly, what is their environment like? 
Okay. If you are somebody that believed that your body is filled with wisdom and is strong and that you love it, no matter what it looks like, then you believe that you are worthy. You believe that you are more than enough. And because of that, you value eating well. You value moving your body. You value trying new things. You value listening to podcasts. And because of that, you go and do those things. You do exercise. You do um, consume things that make your heart and your spirit feel really good. And then because of that, what's your environment like? There's probably books. There's probably healthy food. There might be a workout video somewhere. There might be a yoga mat on your floor. Like, what does your environment, how does, how does it all come together? So guys, I wanted to bring this up because I just had a call with a client and we are really starting to dig into this idea of self-love. And this particular client, she has done so much work. She is incredible. She is putting herself out there. She is questioning herself. She is stopping the patterns. She's really doing it. But today when we started talking about this idea of self-love, she got real caught up in how she looks. For her, it's all about the outside. It's about, you know, people complimenting her and feeling like she looks as good, if not better than the people around her. Um, it's, it's her looking in the mirror and, and, you know, not saying, ugh, but like really liking what she sees. And that's okay. Like I said, that is okay to start to, to be at a place where you think it's the environment, the external that you have to really shift and change to truly love yourself. But what I want to encourage you is to start with the identity. And get real with yourself. What is the identity that you have about yourself now? And then backtrack it, right? What is the identity? And I'll give you myself as an example. When I had just had my second daughter, I was uh, almost 200 pounds. And yes, I had just had a second baby, but um, still, I was just 200 pounds. And I was getting to the point where I didn't like leaving the house and I didn't want pictures being taken of me. Now, this was the first time ever in my life I had had those feelings about myself and they were massive red flags going off in my head. I just was like, okay, this is not, this is not who I am. <laughs> so what are we doing here? And I remember back then my identity was, um, I'm, I'm just, I would say that I'm just a you know, typical suburban mom that's overweight. That's, that's really how I thought of myself. I'm just your typical mom of two that's overweight. And this is just how it'll always be. That's really what I thought about that myself. And because of that, I believed that it didn't matter what I ate. <laughs> I believed that other people around me would, would, wouldn't care because, Hey, I'm a mom of two. And because of that, I valued, um, not myself. I, that was like the opposite of what I valued. I didn't value myself, but I, what did I value back then? Oh, I valued, um, I valued hanging out with other people that weren't really watching their, um, that weren't really aware of their health. I definitely did. I definitely surrounded myself with people that enabled the bad habits that I had at the time. And then because of that, those were the actions I took. I would hang out with those people. Um, I would avoid the gym and my environment showed, right? The, my, the size of my clothing, all the, the, the weight on the scale, um, the food that I had in my house, it, all of that. Right. And then one day I had a moment where 
who I believed I was, that identity was so out of alignment of what my higher self knows for me that I just, it was like a break. I just couldn't, um, I didn't, I realized, my gosh, I've never not wanted to go out in public. I've never not wanted my picture taken. Something's got to stop. And so from that time, I started from the outside in. I started with my environment. I started exercising, but I would exercise to lose weight. There is a big difference, you guys, when you exercise with the intention of simply losing weight or to work off what you ate the day before or to work off what you're going to eat that night. That's your that energy and that intention that you're bringing is not for your highest good. It's manipulative. It's it it just it carries a vibration that you, that won't give you the kinds of results that you want. So what I so I realized I was doing this. I realized that I would exercise to lose weight. And then I started to really consume uh, Rachel Hollis and I really got into her and I started listening to her more and she started putting it in my head that, you know, exercise is not a punishment. It's not an ends to a means so that you can lose weight or look good. Exercise is simply for you to feel good, to show up for your life. Um, And it's all about how you feel. It's focusing on how you feel. And something shifted inside of me. And this is the tip I want to give you guys is when you're looking to figure out what the identity is that you want to bring in so that you can then figure out your beliefs, your values, your actions, and your environment, you want to ask yourself, how do I want to feel? Just how do I want to feel? And for me, I told myself two years ago, I said, I want to feel strong and I want to feel like I love myself no matter what I look like. Those were two really big things to me. And I didn't think that it was possible. I just didn't, right? Because when you're in that low place, you know, (laughs) there's, you just, you can't really see the sun, right? But I said, these are the two things I want to feel is I want to feel really strong and I want to feel like I have energy for my kids and I want to feel like I really love myself from the inside out. And so I started, I I worked it out. I figured out what the beliefs would be with someone like that, what the values would be, what the actions would be, what the environment would be. And before you know it, I was exercising every day and I was doing it really to Prove to myself that I can keep promises to myself, which is a big part of self-love. I showed up because I told myself I wanted to show up. I showed up because I wanted a bigger, better life for myself that had way more to do than the number on the scale, that had way more to do than how I looked in clothes, right? So I focused on the feeling. And what has transpired is a total shift and transformation of myself from the inside out. Um you know, I know I'm not the skinniest girl my age. I know I'm not the skinniest mom with two kids and I could give two shits. I really could. Um, my husband loves me. He thinks I look great, but the truth is, even if he didn't, I feel, and I feel strong and I love myself because of the discipline and who I have showed up to be the last several years, not because of how I look. And as a bonus, I look good. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) As a bonus, I have lost probably, uh, I'd say 40 pounds in the last, I'd say three years, right? Those were all bonuses. Those all came 
because I focused on how I felt, not on how I looked. So my advice to you guys, my takeaways is really ask yourself, how often are you looking in the mirror and going, ugh, right? How often are you criticizing the way you look? How often are you comparing how you look to other women? And you and only you know the energy that you bring with that. You and only you know if you are loving yourself in those moments or if you're if you're hating yourself essentially. So from there you have a good starting point, an honest starting point to ask yourself, how do I want to feel? around my body and where it doesn't have anything to do with how you look, but how do you want to feel? Do you want to feel strong? Do you want to feel energetic? Do you want to feel like you could, you could run a half marathon? Because PS, if you can run a half marathon, you're definitely not overweight, right? So that's why focusing on how you feel is the key towards figuring out your new identity so that you can then figure out your beliefs, your values, your actions, and your environment. Guys, if this was a helpful episode, please share this on your social. Tag me. Let me know what your biggest takeaway was. My intention with this podcast is to 10x it with view with listeners. Um And as we grow this community, this podcast will grow. And I'm so excited to bring you all the things that are coming up very soon. Um, But in the meantime, please, again, share this. If you're on Apple, give me a review. Five stars would be great. I'll see you later.